It's uncovered on the Midas Touch Network exclusively. I'm Anthony Davis. He is Ron Filipkowski, the editor-in-chief of MidasTouch.com. And welcome to another episode where we uncover the MAGA propaganda that is not covered by the mainstream media, or I should say not uncovered by the mainstream media. Um, We've got a lot to talk about today, including some very interesting breaking news about Carrie Lake. Uh, That in just a minute, I'll just park that for a second. Let's just uh, recap on New Hampshire, Ron, because as you know, primaries are underway, all the candidates are out, Nikki Haley is the last man standing. Um, With Donald Trump, he obviously, you know, pipped her to the post. But the way that Trump is presenting this, and in fact, the way much of the media is presenting this, is that it's a landslide for Donald Trump. And Trump is, you know, is is the kind of clear winner. It's not actually the case, certainly in New Hampshire, but also just in terms of turnout, as we saw in Iowa. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the problem is the expectations that Trump raises with his nonsense about the polls you know we've talked about this before yeah that trump is obsessed with polls and cherry picking obscure favorable polls that show him having these huge leads because polls are his lifeblood he he has to create this aura of invincibility around him to keep the money flowing in and all of that and to keep the get get the support and so He's he said that he was leading in all the polls in Iowa by 70. So, you know, then when he wins by 30, it kind of looks like, well, what (laughs) happened? You know, he said the same thing in New Hampshire, that he was leading in all the polls by 30 points and he won by 12. And so, you know, naturally what what tends to happen is his supporters, right wing media are like, well, this is a lot closer than we expected. Why is this? You know, it's got to drive his consultants who are quite good, crazy you know, that he is out there raising expectations all the time. But but what you notice is always the night before the primaries, he always tries to then scramble and walk it back because because he knows what his internal polls are saying. So so that's one takeaway is, you know, it's just not smart for him to keep raising the, these, the bar of these expectations. But the other interesting part is, you know, the exit data as far as who ended up voting for Nikki Haley. So, and we're referring to a kind of the younger generation, indeed, you know, and the, and the reality is that, you know, Trump has a lot of the kind of old, white, traditional Christians, but Nikki Haley is connecting with a kind of slightly younger, more modern, hopefully more diverse crowd. Is that fair to say? That is true. I mean, she, she got a significant percentage of independence, which, which, is really, you know, Trump needs those independents and and a and a decent chunk of the hardcore Republicans as well. The Republicans she got, interestingly enough, were college-educated Republicans. Yeah. You know, re- Republicans with college degrees again broke for Haley, just as they did in Iowa. But in Iowa, there's a, a small percentage of the Republicans in Iowa have college degrees. New Hampshire, that is not the case. New Hampshire, there's a significant percentage of Republicans that have college degrees, which is why Haley did better. In fact, one of her best um, counties was um, Hanover, New Hampshire, which is where Dartmouth University is. The Ivy League College in New Hampshire is where Haley did best. So no surprise there. And there's a lot in these numbers. The reason why Trump is really panicking and why Fox, to some degree, is panicking as well is because a lot of the data under these New Hampshire numbers are not good for Trump in November. And a lot of the the Haley Republican voters and independents said, under no circumstances will they vote for Trump, even if it's against Biden. 
Yeah, I, I'm starting to see a lot more of that. Republicans recognize the fact that because Trump has such a big mouth and is just, you know, talking the language of a dictator now, that people aren't stupid. They're starting to recognize that he's in this race for himself. And I mean, he's not even saying make America great again anymore, really, is it? It's now much more about retribution. And I just don't think people are up for that. Let's uh, look at a clip, though, before we continue on Trump giving some advice for Nikki Haley after the results were announced. And uh, look at how much he's sweating. He's definitely feeling the pressure. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. She's not going to win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about. But she will be under investigation within minutes. And so would Ron have been. But he decided to get out. He decided to get out. Now, he's become a pastiche of himself. It's, it's like he's doing his own SNL impression of Donald Trump. And if you look at Tim Scott's face there, you know, yeah. who is from South Carolina, supported Nikki Haley in the past, and Nikki Haley supported him in the past, his face dropped then when Trump was saying that because he's sitting there going, what are you doing? What are you saying? In other words, this is supposed to be, this is where Trump shoots himself in the foot. What he's serving up right now makes that tiny percentage of hardcore MAGA nutcases get all excited. But it makes everybody else pissed off and baffled. What is he, this is supposed to be a victory speech where he's supposed to be smiling and happy and declaring victory and supposed to be a feel-good momentum. But that Donald Trump cannot handle that. He can't handle positivity. He has to go negative and nasty. Yeah. So at a victory party, this is what he does. He starts throwing out these hints and allegations. And I think I know what he's hinting at. What he's hinting at is, is um, you know, he's come become very close to Laura Loomer, who's a, a right wing, you know, in independent uh, reporter or um, uh, what would you call it? Provocateur. You know, and um you know, she has been running around saying she has affidavits from men saying that they've had extramarital affairs with Haley. And the Daily Mail picked this up and did a story on it. I think that's what Trump is talking about when he says there are some little things that can be right. dug into that Always she doesn't want dug into. Always a threat. Is, that's what like, he's saying. He's basically he's a, he's saying. He's a mafia boss. He's threatening. It's like the mafia threatening, isn't it? It's like, I've got dirt on you. you got dirt on me. i got you dirt on you. You better drop out. Yep. Yeah. That's what he's saying. You better drop out or yeah. we're going to we're going to release this stuff on you. I mean, that in itself is pretty disgusting, right? And and in fact, they're doing the same thing with Forney Willis at the moment, aren't they? They're trying to yep. kind of expose, open up her divorce case to claim that she was having a relationship with the prosecutor and claim therefore that it's an unfair He he's so base, like he's so disgusting. When it comes to this type of thing, you know, he he will stoop as low as you can possibly go. But again, Republican voters are not stupid. They're going to see that this is not nice behavior. It's not respectable. You know, yeah, of course, some of the MAGA base are going to kind of love it and think it's hilarious. But in the main, uh, Americans, forget your political stripes for a minute, they don't behave like that. Here's the thing. It's one thing when he does it to Joe Biden 
yeah. or to Hillary Clinton yeah. or to Hunter Biden. They, you know, they, they kind of don't mind that so much. But now he's doing it to Kaylee McEnany, went after her last night, That's his right. own press secretary. You know, he did it to Ron DeSantis. He's doing it to Nikki Haley. This is a different this is a different deal now for them. They're going like, wait a minute. We like some of these people. You know, we respect some of these people. What is, what is he doing? So he can't help himself because this is can't. his mental illness. This is his inner sadness, his emptiness. He, he's in a child. And, and, you know, as the campaign wages on and the legal cases wage on and his schedule gets crazier, it is going to compromise him more and more. So even if his advisors are like, oh, you know, you should tone that stuff down, he is not going to be. He's desperate to get to the finish line. He'll, I mean, you know, there's with all the sniffing and the sweating, it does look like there's some kind of substance abuse going on there. I mean, how do you even keep a schedule like that at the age of 77? Yeah, we've documented his schedule. I mean, yesterday, okay, he's up in New Hampshire all day. He's running around. He's flying up there in the mornings because he, he won't stay anywhere overnight. You know, he always has to sleep in his own bed. So that's part of the problem, too, is he's, you know, when he goes to these events, he doesn't stay overnight. He, he's flying back all the time. So he's going back and forth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you just you just see it. The grind. The, the other part. OK, he after his victory speech last night, which was about 11 o'clock at night or so. So he flies back after his speech. He posted 57 tweets 57 yeah. posts on true social his last post sorry if you lost me there his last po- are you there am yeah, i there? i'm still here yeah there's okay. a picture of you with hair that's appeared <laughs> instead i don't know why yeah oh my camera went off his oh, last po- i'll see if i can fix it but his last okay. post was at 217 217 a.m there we are oh did it, did it go no i've just uh, oh you're back okay there we go good Sorry. Now, you might want to fix your background. Do your background first, and then I'll put you back on the All screen. All right. Let's see. Settings. Yeah, just okay. to give you, some, give you a little bit of privacy, you see. I like to, I like to put you first. No threats required. <laughs> but I, I, do, I do recognize that, that Trump is, you know, we've used the word unraveling several times to describe kind of how he's changing. And in the process... I think that the schedule combined with, you know, he puts that rally schedule on himself. So he's either going to have to do less rallies or fewer rallies or he's going to have to because he can't not be in court. So, I mean, how does a how does a guy like this kind of make those types of adjustments? You know, how's it how's it possible to kind of adjust the schedule so that you don't die? Yeah, Um that's a good question because there is it's not possible because yeah. of all his court cases. I mean, he has to be in court tomorrow. I mean, he has to be back in court tomorrow. This might, this might kill him, Ron. I mean, this this could be this could be the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> all right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. I know you're trying to bait me to root for his. <laughs> but death, wouldn't it be ironic? I'm not gonna do that. Wouldn't it be ironic though if if Trump ended up literally killing himself, like physically oh, killing himself? It very it very well, man. And because I think he's so desperate to win. That's a reason why Nikki Haley's not getting out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be in court testifying tomorrow, he claims. You know, they got the continuance because Alina Haba was supposedly sick, not feeling well. Yeah. But yet she was up in New Hampshire at that victory party, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I don't know how he's going to keep up with the schedule. And that's that's why he so desperately wants this primary to be over 
and why he so desperately wants Nikki Haley to drop out. So talking of dropouts, let's talk about your favorite Ron DeSantis. Isn't it interesting that we don't have to talk about Ron DeSantis as a presidential primary candidate anymore? It's absolutely thrilling. Um, let me show this clip before we talk about him, of of him kind of preempting this kind of, it's the, this is the kiss the ring moment, which I thought was fascinating. Here it is. He cares about you can be the most worthless Republican in America, but if you kiss the ring, he'll say you're wonderful. You can be the strongest, most dynamic, uh, successful Republican and conservative in America, but if you don't kiss that ring, then he'll try to trash you. You know what? You deserve a nominee that's going to put you first, not himself first. Right, and here we are now, and of course, who is endorsing Donald Trump? Ron DeSantis, kissing the ring. Six, six days after he said that, yeah. he kissed the ring. But, you know, it's interesting to look at what he's doing, because every other person who dropped out and endorsed him immediately did an event with him, like to stand next to him and do the get the photo shot and give the little speech. DeSantis did not do that, you know. He gave a video in the middle of his dropout video. He just said, it's time for all of us to get behind Trump and then moved on. That's pretty much the only thing he's done. OK, he hasn't issued any statement or said anything in support of him and obviously didn't go to any of his events. So that has been noticed. A lot of the people around Trump have have noticed and and they're saying, you know, this I'm not sure he, he's really on board with us anymore. I mean, he's back in Florida doing his thing. And the other thing that set them off is Florida's CFO, you know, proposed this this bill to have Florida tax, this crazy bill to have Florida taxpayers pay for Trump's legal defense. And DeSantis went out of his way to say to say he was going to veto that, which kind of made a lot of people in Trump world pretty upset. That, that in itself, I was reading about that earlier. They claim that they're just going to raise $5 million initially to pay Trump's legal fees. But, of course, that's not going to even get him a couple of days worth of of of, uh, of lawyers. Th this is so weird, isn't it? Donald Trump is a private citizen living in the state of Florida. And the Florida GOP who run the state are claiming that taxpayers, all taxpayers, not just GOP registrants, should be paying his legal fees. I mean, how is that not dystopian? It, it, I mean, the, it's the, the chief financial officer for the state of Florida, a member of DeSantis's cabinet, is the one who came up with this idea, presented it to a state senator who introduced the bill in the state Senate. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the, the plan is to set aside an initial $5 million for him in a fund and then to have the DMVs collect donations for Trump when people are renewing their driver's licenses. So you could have a state employee working at the DMV who's a Democrat who has to collect money for Trump. I mean, you know, it, it's just totally insane. But this is how corrupt a lot of these state parties have become for Trump. Uh, Tennessee, Florida, you know, Texas, you know, it, they're just totally in the tank for Trump and right. and they're just bending over backwards to break the law for him because they can't win in a traditional fashion this is kind of what it boils down to isn't it the 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 the, the makeup of the united states is majority progressive thinkers people who are you know liberally minded 
And that is who the majority of Americans are. But, you know, the GOP is a, is a far-right Christian nationalist faction that has now taken over the Republican Party. So traditional conservatives are all in with Proud Boys and Oath Keepers and Nazis and everybody. And so the only way that they can win now is to either rig the vote or to play the Electoral College game or to rewrite the boundary lines, redraw the boundary lines, change the districts, or do stuff like this, raise money for Trump at the DMV. I mean, this is the playbook now. Donald Trump has got got 46% of the popular vote twice, right? So that's basically the baseline of the Republican Party. I mean, a lot of those are independents too, but you know, that's a clear baseline. But the problem for the Republicans is they're not really a 46 percent party. Yeah. They're really more like a 39 or 38 percent party. Yeah. But what has happened is Trump brought in all of these new people in 16, which really which is why he won and surprised everybody was because those people weren't showing up in the polls because many of them had never voted before. They And a lot of them were rural, white not college educated people who had never voted before he brought in millions of them and that's that's a big chunk of the republican party now because a lot of the educated republicans with college degrees have left the party and been like me and been replaced by these people but these people are fickle they have no loyalty to the other candidates or to the party their sole loyalty is to trump and and that's the deal with the devil that the republicans have made which is Trump now controls these people and he could walk walk away and take these people with him at any time and the Republican Party becomes a 38% party and they lose everything. So this is why they have to kiss Trump's butt all the time because he has this ability to destroy the party. And, and it must be very sore for Ron DeSantis because if we rewind a, a year or so, he modeled himself on Donald Trump. Right. He, he didn't really have those characteristics, but he saw what Trump was doing, thought, well, you know, I can do that. But I'll just turn the heat up on the on the far right policies in Florida, tested it out in Florida, then takes it on the national platform. And as you and I discussed, it was never going to work on a national platform because he's not Donald Trump. Yeah, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the charisma. He did to capture the base the way and he really miscalculated by going after him. But but look, the bottom line is the MAGA movement is not about policy. And that's really the main um, miscalculation that he made was yeah. that he thought that it was. He thought that he could do all of these policy things that got them worked up and excited these and that that would do the trick. But really, yeah, those are things that they cheer on and they like, but that, that doesn't motivate them to vote for anybody. They're not motivated by policy. You know, when we've, we've played the clips many times, I've posted clips many times of hundreds and hundreds of people interviewed at Trump rallies. And whenever you ask them, like, what, what do you want President Trump to do in his next term? You know, it's like, make America great again. You know, they don't don't, have any specific thing, you know, secure the border, lower gas prices and make America great. You know, that's pretty much what you hear. It, it occurred to me, and I was watching some Fox stuff, and in fact, we've got a, a clip a little bit later of Laura Ingram, who does this too. They refer to him as the president, to Donald Trump as the president. I really genuinely believe that a good number of Republicans, not just extreme MAGA Republicans, but 
Republicans generally who have bought the argument that the election was rigged, they believe that Donald Trump is the president. They talk about him like he's the president. They refer to him as the president. He plays the role of the president. This certainly goes on in Mar-a-Lago, as we know. But beyond that, with people like Laura Ingram, with huge audience talking about him as if he is the president, there is this conspiracy theory, which is much more than a conspiracy theory, amongst the, the, the right-wing groups, that Biden is not the legitimate president and actually Donald Trump is in charge. I feel that, you know, how can you escape that you know if if that's the the legacy of trump that he's he's still the president what do, what chance does ron DeSantis have against that kind of a of a title yeah well that that's true that's that's kind of fringy now you know that he's still the president that that's kind of like a real q you know no, but they're doing fight. they're doing it on fox and in fact oh, I'll but, put, when i play you, the no, clip no. I know what you're talking about, but I'm talking about where people actually believe that he is the president. Yeah. No, no, they believe he should be the president, that he's the legitimate president. They don't believe he actually is, but they they believe he should be. But by talking about him as if he is, because that, you know, I I appreciate that you refer to former presidents as Mr. President, but the the Fox hosts specifically, they say President Trump. They don't say former President Trump. He insists on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He demands that. And this this goes back to what I'm saying about this. He's created this legacy for himself where, you know, he is kind of still in power. He's certainly wielding power with the Republicans. Um, Okay, we'll get on to that. And I'll show that that Laura Ingram clip in just a little while. First, let's catch up with the the news on Carrie Lake, because this is a big story that really just broke this morning, wasn't it? It started kind of last night. And now we've heard that the Arizona state GOP chair has resigned in a in a scathing letter denouncing Carrie Lake after she released a secretly recorded audio tape that alleges that he attempted to bribe her with millions of dollars not to run for the Arizona Senate. I mean, this is nuts. I have a, a minute or so of the of the audio. Just set it up for All us, right. Ron, before I play it. This is so wild. This is such a crazy story. So, you know, last March was when it became pretty obvious that all Carrie Lake's challenges to her election were not going to not yeah. going to succeed and she was going to fail. And she was starting to look at running for Senate. It was about that time. And this DeWitt guy who has taken over as the state party chair, who is also her quote unquote employer. I don't think she was really doing any work for him. He was a big money Trump supporting Republican who is basically paying her as a make work job while she was running for governor. So, you know, he, he supposedly has a conversation with her last March where he said, there's some powerful people, big money people back East who are prepared to bankroll you in a multi-million dollar job where you really don't have to do anything, but we just don't want you running for Senate this next round because they, they didn't think she was the best candidate. They thought, they would lose again with her like they did for governor. And, you know, she went out and said this on a few different shows and it didn't get much traction. I posted the clip on Twitter last March of her making these claims, but knowing Carrie Lake and being a conspiracy theorist, I think even right-wingers kind of blew it off because they they thought, ah, this is, this sounds a little far-fetched. This sounds crazy. 
So, you know, almost 10 months go by. We don't hear anything more about this story. And then, boom, Carrie Lake yesterday releases the audio of this guy. And it appears what she said is largely true, <laughs> that he did try and, you know, bribe her into not running, which I don't know if there's if that's really a crime, but it's a little shady. But, you know, then what happened is today, just a couple hours ago, you know, he resigned his position, the state party chair. So the Arizona Republic, they have no money in the bank. They're broke. They, they spent all their money on all these crazy legal challenges and stuff. And now you got the state party chair who's quit over a bribery scandal. And he's making all these allegations that, you know, she illegally and unethically recorded him secretly. And, and he, she has more mess. tapes. That's what he said in the letter, that apparently there's yeah. another tape that will prove even more crazy stuff about him. And he doesn't know the content of that, but he does not want it released, even though he doesn't know what it is. And this is really a war between the, the two factions of the Arizona Republican Party. The one faction is the old guard John McCain Republicans versus the MAGA Kerry Lake Republicans. They hate each other. They go at it. And, and, you know, he represents really somewhat of the old guard. And I think what she's trying to do is is take out the old guard. But this is not going to help her in her next election having their party in complete disarray. But this yeah. is similar to what we were saying about Trump. You know, the too much exposure, too much scandal and drama turns yes. people off. Yes. And that's what she's doing here. I mean, let's remember, Carrie Lake is as mad as a box of frogs. And it really doesn't help that, you know, you've got this, because it's the same with Trump. I mean, these people have a screw loose. They do not live in reality. And their version of, of America is very different to the country's version of America. But I would also say that I'm going to play the clip now, but listen, because, you know, the question is who, who made the recording, right? Well, Carrie Lake's voice is very loud and clear, which means that it is likely to be on her device or a device that is near to her rather than on him because he's more echoey and in the background, suggesting that, you know, she might be the one making the recordings. Not saying she, she is, has, but she has be. a history of doing this. Okay, I mean, well. she 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 records everything. Um, she recorded Ruben Gallego, who's the Democrat running against her, in the airport when they had a conversation. So, yeah, th she's known for this. And you know, I don't I don't know if you if if you ever have conversations with people that you think might be recording recording you. It's a very unnerving feeling, and 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 it and it has to. Everyone who comes into contact with Carrie Lake anywhere, any meeting, public yeah. or private, should be has, to, has to figure that they're being recorded. You know. Okay, here's uh, just a, it's quite a long clip, but here's just a, a minute or so of the of this kind of bribery moment. And and the thing that sticks out for me is like you know he's talking about how much, and she's and then she starts saying how many millions and millions, and then she goes, no, it's not about the money, it's about the country which sounds like she knew exactly what she was doing with this recording, yes. that she really wanted to have a keepsake that gave the impression that, you know, money was no option. I can't be bribed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here it, here it is. Oh, this is, this is, this is back East. They, there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. Of I know when they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So, this conversation never happened. This is crazy, though. 
They should want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. They are right. They are corrupt. Maybe. This is a wrap. Don't don't go. Be careful. I'll get myself in trouble. This, if you, if you if you say no, which is fine, it's your choice. Don't tell people. I know. They're gonna have try to have me murdered. Saints <laughs> world, man. If that stuff that came out last week is right about the cartel stuff, man. Right, the car, they say the cartel's operating in 50 states right now. Like all 50, you mm-hmm. know? So. So what, what, what's going on? Who is it? What? Forget the who. I mean, this is straight out of House of Cards, Ron. They're going to have her murdered. I mean, this is the Republican Party, man. <laughs> I mean, it's all just a bunch of fruitcakes and nuts and conspiracy theorists. They're recording each other, you know? Um, and and there's a lot of money in the party, and this is why sure. people like her and plenty of other you know influencers who like to kind of you know stir the pot, they're all being paid. You know, there are, there's wealthy benefactors, yes, really kind of making sure that people cause chaos, cause trouble, make as much noise as possible, put negative stories out about Joe Biden, you know, Hunter, a- anything. But, you know, there is money behind this. These people, you just said that she's on a salary from the very guy here that she's trying to extort. Yeah, that's why she was able to quit her job as a news anchor and run. You know, most people can't do that and continue to make money, you know, by running for office. But these people are all making money by running for office. That's not really how it's... how it's supposed to go, you know, that you're that somebody's paying you millions of dollars or you're taking millions of dollars out of out of a pack and paying yourself a salary. This seems to be the way everybody's doing it these days. Um, you know, Citizens United, we can thank thank for all of that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just I just don't this is this. I don't Carrie Lake obviously released this stuff and forced the hand. The, the next big question is why? You know, why did she sit on this for 10 months? She had these tapes. Why did she talk about it 10 months ago and then not release the tapes? And why is she releasing them now? So there, there's much more to this story. And I don't see this getting any better. And and for her to think that this is in some way going to help her in her Senate race, it's not going to help her. Let's talk about um, Joe Biden and the the kind of messaging of the Democrats, because, you know, for all of this right wing machine, whether it be Carrie Lake or, you know, Trump's team or whoever that is is causing trouble and keeping they keep the airwaves filled with noise, don't they? And I think that's why people have the false impression that Donald Trump is more popular than he is, because, you know, he's being spoken about all the time. Joe Biden you know, we even are guilty of it ourselves, of not talking him up and of not celebrating the, the policies sure. and recognizing his successes because he's boring and politics is boring. And then the reason that Trump has had so much traction is because he's drama. And I was going to say, actually, earlier when we were talking about Ron DeSantis, is that the reason DeSantis didn't work is because you can only really introduce fascistic policies if you do it in a kind of production with a smile on your face. That's how you slip these kind of far-right policies under the radar, because it's presented, you know, with distractions, with Donald Trump's typical distractions. DeSantis was trying to do it with a with a straight face, an awkward face, and with his hands in his pockets, and it doesn't work. 
And I think that, you know, this is an example for Joe Biden also, is that as much as we don't want politics to be a, you know, done with a fanfare, there is an issue, especially when it comes to immigration on the left, where the right are taking advantage of the Democrats, despite the fact that actually immigration policy is pretty tight. America is a very difficult country to get into legally or illegally. And the news now is that is about deportations. Just I'll put this post up on the on the screen and um, All right. you can you can tell us about it if I can find it. Because I mean, wasn't this the this wasn't this the issue that Biden's messaging? I mean, they're trying to impeach Alexander Mayorkas at the moment, right? I think that's sure. going to be happening this week. And and you know, he he is an immigrant himself. He's you know head of the immigration department. And he has quite a success story to tell, but maybe he's just not very good at telling it. Yeah, so this is this is a big question. So, I mean, I worked on a lot of Republican campaigns. My first one in 1988, congressional, yeah. local, federal, you name it, you know, for 30 years. And went to all the schools on how to run campaigns and this sort of thing. So what I've primarily been focused on my whole life is the Republican base, because you have to understand how to sell issues to the Republican primary base, which is quite small, and they're a unique animal. And then, you know, once the primary is over, you're transitioning into trying to sell the swing voters. So to do that, you have to understand if you're a Republican consultant, you have to understand the Republican base and how to message them. And you have to understand the swing voters and how to message them and that's pretty much been what I've done. But a big hole in my repertoire is the Democratic base, because I've never paid attention to them at all. Because as a Republican campaign person, we ignore the Democratic base because we're never going to get those voters. So we pay no attention to them. We don't really care what they think or who they are because we don't we're not looking to try and win them over. Right. Democrats do the same thing in reverse. So when I look at something like immigration and I look at how the, the Republicans are messaging it, which is quite effective towards those swing voters, and then I get nothing back from the administration or the Biden administration as far as to counteract that messaging, because the, the true counteracting counteract messaging, the, the other side of the coin is what is the Biden administration doing on border enforcement? Are they doing anything and what are they doing? Because according to the Republicans, they're doing nothing. They're just letting everybody in. So then I read this tweet from somebody who really knows what's going on in the policy. And he mentions something that uh, KJP mentioned as well in a press conference two weeks ago, which is that the Biden administration has deported more people than the Trump administration by far. Many more people. I did not know that. OK, so to me, this flabbergasts me because I'm like, why the hell hasn't the Biden administration said that to independent voters, like fought back? And somebody really smart, I had a conversation with, really opened my eyes on this, which is the Democratic base is the answer. Because if the Biden administration spends a lot of time talking about how many people they're deporting, that might help with these swing voters, but it's going to hurt Biden with his base. There's a significant chunk of the Democratic base that will not be happy to hear that he's deported more people than the Trump administration. It's the same thing on gas prices. 
you know, what's the counter argument on gas prices is, hey, we're we're drilling more oil for more oil. We're producing more oil now than we ever did under the Trump administration. Why doesn't Biden talk about that? And uh, this baffles me and frustrates me. But now I really understand the answer. The answer is there's many people in the in the Democratic base who do not want to hear from Joe Biden that we are drilling more oil than we ever have before. So he's in this catch-22, and the campaign is where the messaging that will be effective with these independent voters is messaging that his base is not going to be thrilled with. So that's the conundrum. I don't know that the I don't really know who the Democratic base is, to be honest. And in the same way that I don't really know who uh, kind of what you call radical left voters are. You know, when we hear the the right talking about the radical left. I don't really know what that is either, because I don't see the extremes on the left like I do on the right. Um, because, and I speak as a European, because of course, you know, climate change and the Green New Deal is considered extreme left, and yet in Europe it's considered normal. So th- there is something that gets a little lost in translation, and the, you know, America is very much on the on the right politically. Generally, people are on the right, and and you. You know, despite the fact you supporting Joe Biden, you still have some intrinsic conservative values inside sure. of you that sometimes come out, come out in this show. But on immigration, and I speak as a as an immig- as a legal immigrant, I recognise that every country has an immigration problem, right? Every country with a with a land border invariably has a has an immigration problem, and some without a land border. I mean, the UK, for example, is trying to stop the boats at the moment, is a phrase the Conservative Party there are using, and they have a policy where they're trying to deport people to Rwanda, which is ridiculous, and it's probably going to lose them the general election, amongst other things. But I do think that Democrat thinkers, people who are liberally minded, have a much greater capacity to think and analyse the information. And so it's not just about Joe Biden admitting that they're drilling more, but it's about saying, why? Why are we yeah, drilling more? That's it. That's right. It. And, yep. and that's what's missing, I think, maybe. Making the case. Make yep. the case and explain that, you know, the could be reserves and stocks, it could be anything. I mean, and then with gas prices, of course, there's that false argument because gas prices are as low now as they've, they were pre-pandemic in many places, but they use California as an example. And gas oh. in California is more expensive because it can't be the same recipe as gas in Texas because yeah. there's different pollution laws here. And right. so you have to... You're right, they always use California. Right, they yeah. always use California. And California's gas is more expensive, but Californians can afford it because in California you make more money than you do in in other states. This is the thing; it's all relative, and and I think that uh, Gavin Newsom makes a very good argument for why gas has to be more expensive in California because we care about climate change here, and you you just it's just not acceptable to use that disgusting, dirty gas that they might be using in Texas that's let, dirt let, cheap. Let, Let's take another example, though. Let's take the example of Israel, right? So Israel is very simple for Republicans. They 100% support Netanyahu in Israel. Every Republican supports that. So for a Republican politician, the the Israel question is very simple for them. You know, we back Israel. Whatever they do is fine. Should we say why um, before we move on? Just say why. Why well, do all Republicans there's back There's certainly Israel? a racial 
component to it that it's there they're perceived as sort of a and there's there's a religious part of it too you know it's the foundation of the christian religion it's the home base of the christian religion how we fought crusades for centuries over trying to keep that area from being muslim right um so we fought what four different crusades we sent from europe into that area uh unsuccessful all uh that's part of it but also part of it is it's perceived as sort of a white western bastion against you know middle eastern arab muslim states right so that's part of it but it's a very simple issue politically for republicans but for a democratic president like joe biden as we see because of the base it's quite complicated you know he can't simply look at this from a geo geopolitical perspective because you know if he goes all in on supporting israel well we've already seen you know what happens you know massive protests uh in michigan you know there's a big chunk of the voters in michigan which is a critical state who are very pro-palestinian pro-gaza and you know he has to be careful politically to to balance what is in the best interest of the united states supporting allies but at the same time you know the democratic base has a big jewish percentage of the, of the base is, is jewish and it's all a big percentage is also Arab and not a huge percentage, but a, enough. And and he's got a and those two groups don't necessarily like each other all that much, but they're in the same political party. It's why I've always said the, the Republican Party is easier to manage because it's much more monolithic. Whereas, you know, the Democratic Party is this patchwork quilt of coalitions and it's difficult to keep all of them happy. But that is the fundamental difference, isn't it? The, the, yeah. On the Republican side, you can simplify policies. You and can. It is, and when, when people are race, I'm not saying all Republicans are racist, of course, but when people have a racial bias because they see Arabs as brown and Israelis as white, right. then that's, unfortunately, it's very hard to play in that space. And, and you know, I don't envy Joe Biden from that perspective. That's but. Right. He is advocating for a two-state solution. Netanyahu doesn't want that. Netanyahu, in my view, Netanyahu is not representing the Israelis. He's representing himself. He he's is just, the problem. He's like yeah. Donald Trump. He's just trying to get himself out of jail. And he will do anything he can to remain popular and stay and stay in office. And so that's the problem that Biden has. He's fighting two evils. He's got Trump on one side, and then he's got Trump 2.0 dressed as Netanyahu in Israel. It's an impossible task. Impossible. But politics should be difficult, complex, and boring. And it's not as you can't take the, the Israel, Gaza, Palestine story and try and simplify it into a goodies and baddies. It's not. It's not cowboys and Indians. It's not as simple as the old Western movies made out. And think I, about. And I, how much more difficult and tricky it is for a Democratic president, though, like yeah. on the border. For yeah. Republicans, it's just deport everybody, right. shut the border down. Right. Every Republican agrees with that. It's so simple. But he he has to, you know, manage a reasonable amount of in, in immigration. That's that, you know, and at the same time, you know, he's got his coalitions that are for and against it. And so, I mean, look, a lot of black Americans in urban areas are very upset about the migrant situation right now yeah so and that's part of the democratic coalition along with hispanic voters so it's but i think, uh, it, I think it's very complicated is. i don't believe that it's like republicans want everyone deported and democrats want to let everybody in 
it's not that. You know, the Democrats have a robust policy and plan. As you say, they've arrested and deported more people than ever, which is not being reported. But they're trying to do business with the Republicans, and the Republicans do not want to do business on this topic. This right? is true. He, yeah. he, you know, we've we've got um, we've got uh, a clip here. Oh, this is actually the Laura Ingram clip, which I'll just show, which is the, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, admitting that he's been having you know talks with Democrats and trying to work out a deal. But he's also getting dictat from Donald Trump, as we have predicted. And here he confirms it. The the president actually uh, just got off the phone with me right before the show. And he said he has spoken to you about this deal and that he is against it. And he urged you to be against this deal. He was extremely, President Trump was extremely adamant about that. Um, your reaction to that, given the fact that, look, he already, he knows how to do this enforcement stuff. You don't need some new bill coming out of the, uh, the Senate to get the border enforced. Yeah, President Trump is not wrong. He and I have been talking about this um, uh, pretty frequently. I talked to him uh, night before last about the same subject. We don't have the text of whatever the Senate has cooked up yet. And, and so we have to reserve judgment, I think, to see what comes out of it. It doesn't sound... Yeah, I mean, look, they want... The same with the kind of government shutdown. They're just trying to make these things last as long as possible to help Donald Trump in November. That, that's really their plan. They want to cause chaos, which proves that they don't love America, which proves that they're unpatriotic, which proves that they would rather... I mean, Trump admitted he wanted the, wanted the stock market to crash. He wanted there to be a recession between now and Election Day. I yeah, mean, who have, are these people, Rob? You have to read between the lines of what's happening here. So, you know, Mike Johnson mentioned that Trump has called him many times about this issue. And then not only that, Laura Ingram says she had just got off the phone with Trump, right. knowing that Johnson was going to be on, number two. Number three, Johnson had reportedly reached a deal with Senator James Lankford, who was negotiating on behalf of Republicans in the Senate on the border. And that report had just gotten out, leaked to the press, that they had reached an agreement. Trump went absolutely nuts repeatedly called Mike Johnson and, and called Laura Ingram because he wanted Laura Ingram to bring, to pin him down on this and commit him on national television. So Trump is very slick and very sly when it comes to this. The look, the border is, it, if you watch Fox news, if you watch Newsmax, if you follow right wing media, it's 90% about the border. And this kind of shocks some Democrats because they don't see much about the border on necessarily on places that they go for their news, but it is 24 seven, all border all the time, yeah. you know, on, on right-wing media, this is Trump's number one issue. And with the economy looking like it's going to be doing spectacularly, you know, inflation down, gas prices down, everything, this literally might be the only thing Trump has to run on that can get people stirred up. So, if a border deal is reached between Republicans and Democrats at bar partis bipartisan yeah. agreement, Screws Joe Biden up. can go and say, you know, we might have had some problems before, but the problems are fixed and it's been solved. And and Trump cannot have that. No. And so it, they've got it screws they've up got his entire deal. narrative, doesn't it? And exactly. and again, you know, I bring this back to hatred for the United States. If you if you are a former president, no matter what your political stripes. And you actually want the country to do badly 
I mean, it's the mindset of that. It's so, he's so unwell. And, you know, people that I look, you know, I used to hate George W. Bush, as I'm sure many people did because of his, you know, because of the Iraq war, amongst other things. And isn't it interesting how we like reposition our views? I'm not saying bring him back, but I don't think that they, he had that kind of mental, that mindset where he would want America to crash and burn just to make him look good. Look, here's the best and simplest way to look at his mindset, which is this. If the country does very well over the next nine months and succeeds spectacularly, he dies in prison. Yeah. That's the bottom line. That's how and high that's the stakes the way are. you have to look at it, is that if the country succeeds and does well, he cannot win this election and he will be convicted and go to prison and die in prison. That is how he looks at it. So is he willing to have the country go through pain and division and suffering over the next nine months to save himself? Absolutely. It's the same story as Netanyahu and Israel. Same story. Exactly the same. He, he is prepared to destroy Putin. Gaza, literally burn it to the ground. So there isn't a single Palestinian standing to save himself. Exactly. And Vladimir Putin, too. Same right. thing, you know. We have to take a quick break for our sponsors. We're going to come back and uh, talk more on this subject. And uh, we have got this uh, very concerning clip that shows it's actually Charlie Kirk and a level of outward racism that I have never really heard in this context. So that's to come as well, all on Uncovered. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Are your teeth aging you? Food and drink are known to stain teeth. Coffee, wine, they stain over time. So what can you do to brighten your smile? Well, you should give Smile Actives a try. Smile Actives is safe, effective, easy to use, and will keep you smiling proudly. I personally have been to a dentist and had a teeth whitening treatment. It was painful. It was uncomfortable and it was not a experience that I would want to repeat well simply add smile actives pro whitening gel to your regular toothpaste do it at home it's been formulated with polyclean technology to boost stain removal and deliver active whitening ingredients into teeth's grooves to get better whitening people will start commenting on your whiter brighter smile in just days smile actives is the whitening boost your favorite toothpaste needs to give you the smile you deserve Visit smileactives.com slash uncovered today to receive a special buy one, get one free offer with auto delivery plus free shipping and handling. That's smileactives.com slash uncovered. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Maybe you have a plan to start 2024 in a new direction. Maybe a little self-improvement. Well, I've been in therapy for over a decade, and it's something that I take very seriously, something I really enjoy, and something that I really have seen the results of. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I really do think 2024 is the right time to start making positive changes that maybe we've been putting off for years. 
Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash uncovered today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash uncovered. We're back. It's uh, uncovered. You can see my particularly white teeth um, <laughs> <laughs> and my beautiful hair. Uh, so, listen, we, I want to go back just a little bit because I've got a clip that uh, you posted the other day of Donald Trump kind of laying on the, 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 the pressure, really, to his followers that, you know, about winning this election. And I'll just play it. We'll have a quick chat about it. Here it is. If we don't win this election, Biden will stop all the drilling and all the things that we got started and prices will go up like you won't believe it's going to. I mean, you wanted to use that really as an example of, of messaging and, and why, you know, Biden could and should be doing more to kind of counter these false, this false narrative of Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Well, number one, you see him sweating like crazy through his <laughs> through his uh, caked on bronzer. But yeah, I mean, the counter to that, right? What he just said is like what Trump's messaging is, is we were doing all this drilling, you know, we were producing all this oil when he was president and that Biden came in. And since he's, you know, Green New Deal environmental, he stopped it all. And, you know, that and that caused gas prices to spike, which is completely false. You know, gas prices went up during the pandemic. There were supply chain issues the war in Ukraine, they spiked immediately after Russia invaded because Russia provides a ton of oil to the world. And, you know, a lot of those spigots were turned off with sanctions and all that. So the Biden administration really around that time ramped up oil production domestically. And we are producing more oil now than we ever have before in our history. And we ever did during the Trump administration. So again, yeah, that would be the counter argument. But what I have been told is that the administration does not want to make that a big deal or talk about that very much because they are concerned that the environmentally conscious people in their base will not be happy to hear that kind yeah, of message. I just, I just don't think that they've got that right, Ron. You know, I do think that, like I said earlier, if you put it into context, because there's a reason for it, you know, in terms of, of, of replenishing the National Reserve amongst other things, um, that, you know, people really are interested in the scientific side of it, the engineering side of it, the, the stockpiling side of it. There's a whole kind of story. I would watch a documentary on National Geographic about this if I had the chance. I think it would be really interesting. <laughs> and this is the point, you know, we, we reduce everything down to kind of top headlines to try and, like, win an argument. You've done this, you've done that, gas prices are higher... And, and, and actually, there's, there's always a story behind it. You know, there's a reason for everything. And you I know, think you're right. We need to hear more reasons. Said, but our attention spans now are so short, and most people are, don't watch you documentaries. Most people don't watch documentaries, right? right? I mean, we might, but most people don't. Yeah. But I, I remember when this came up, when gas prices were really at the all-time high, the administration put out a 14-point um, you know, thing explaining why gas prices went up. <laughs> I just remember like me being a Republican campaign guy. We keep our messaging tight. You know, yeah. we try and keep it to like one sentence, three words, you know, but, and they put out a 14 point like essay about why they went up. And I'm like, I just remember shaking my head going, 
absolutely no one is going to read this. No one's going to read it. No one's going to understand it. Can't they explain this in like one sentence or two sentences? Because it just seems like that's really what they need to start getting better at. You know, but I mean, maybe that's part of the tragedy of the American story that, you know, people yeah. do not have the time or the head for it. And, and, you know, we, and maybe based on that, that Trump deserves to win, therefore, and America deserves Donald Trump. Because if we can't read some, you know, basic advice on, on why we're drilling, then, you know, where are we at? But you know, it also... I, I, Go on. It also goes to show why Democrats do so much better with college-educated people, right? Yeah. Versus no college, which is and what why Republicans Republican. want to keep people dumb and take books off of yep. shelves and and get rid of school and homeschool and and you know and just teach the language of the Lord. Because you know what the uh, you know what the Republican answer to that is. Oh. The, you, what what do you the what the Republicans say is the reason for that? What they say is what Democrats would say is better educated people tend to vote Democrat because they're smarter and they're better educated and they understand things better. What Republicans say, of course, is that the reason why more college graduates vote Democrat is because the universities are Marxist indoctrination and that's what they're they're brainwashing people to vote Democrat. So that's the two belief systems. I mean, it's very sad because I keep bringing it back to the rest of the world is moving on. You know, there are other countries who are doing so well and and the u.s is like you know we talk about the greatest country in the world and yet with everything from from mortality and health care and education the u.s is down there you know 27th 47th in these really low places on global rankings for quality of life and the happiness and all of the basics and, and, and yet the mindset is that, you know, the U.S. is the greatest country and it's great and you can't say anything bad about America. And it's like, we're not talking about it enough. We're not comparing it with anything. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's a shame because other countries have always used the U.S. as an example and, and, and have always looked up to the United States. And since Trump, they haven't been able to do that anymore. It's, he's exposed this aspect of, of, of America that is very, you know, self-absorbed and isolationist and, and racist. It's the worst bits of America. It's not the reason I moved here. I know why I moved here and I wouldn't live any, I still wouldn't live anywhere else, Ron. He amplified the worst of America. Yeah. That, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Talking of which, I want to show this Charlie Clerk, Kirk clip. Yeah. Good segue, right? This is yeah, good segue. Um, <laughs> I'll just show the clip, all right? And I'll we'll talk I can't even begin to I can't even start with this guy. Here he is. And that's why I think this United story and the DEI story yes. hits so hard because we've all been in the back of a plane when the turbulence hits or when you're flying through a storm and you're like I'm so glad I saw the guy with the right stuff and the square jaw get into the cockpit before we took off and I feel better now. Thank you. No, I mean about like that. you want to go thought crime like I'm sorry. If I see a black pilot, I'm going to be like, boy, I hope he's qualified. Well, that's the you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have done that. That's not an immediate. No, you wouldn't have done that. Who I am. That's not what I believe. It is the reality the left has created. I I mean, that's who he is. That's what he believes. (laughs) The last part is a lie. So effectively, what he's saying is that if he sees a, a black pilot, he's going to feel less safe because he's a racist. And. 
you know, this just explain about Charlie Kirk and where he sits in the kind of Republican uh, kind of machine because you know he's another person who has made a huge amount of money and he I guess he's supposed to be doing outreach for younger people, right? That that is a really good uh, important point to make, which is because some people on the left sometimes go, well, why do we care what Charlie Kirk says? And it's like if you understand what role he plays in the Republican ecosystem, we should care a lot because yeah. look, he just held probably the largest Republican event of the year uh, last month in Arizona and Phoenix, where literally everyone showed up like many governors, Trump, you know, all the presidential candidates appeared all a lot of senators and they all speak at his events. These are big, huge events that he hosts with Turning Point USA. And yes, he's also supposed to be in charge of outreach to Gen Z voters to try and you know get Gen Z people to vote Republican. So he is a he is an important figure, and his podcast has lots of people that watch his podcast. So and and con- members of Congress. In fact, the crazy thing about this is. Byron Donalds is one of the most prominent black Republicans was just on Kirk's show last week. And he's in areas making these comments. So he, he's, he's an important person to highlight when he says things like this, because, you know, what we now do is we need to go to Byron Donalds and say to him, you know, what do you have to say about this? Your friend, Charlie Kirk says he feels scared when he sees a black pilot on uh, what does that say about him? What does that say about you? Because here's the thing. The polls have shown that Trump is making inroads into black male voters, not huge numbers, but maybe enough to, to tip the balance in places like Michigan and Pennsylvania in Georgia. Okay. So the people like Byron Donalds are making a big push to try and get black male voters to vote Republican. So when you have an incident like this with a Charlie Kirk, it's so critically important to highlight it, to counteract that, because I can tell you the most, some of the most vicious reactions to that clip have been from black Republicans who have said, we have spent so much time and effort and money and, and trying to convince the people that we know to vote Republican and Charlie Kirk is undermining our efforts, you know. I can't think why any person of color in their right mind would vote Republican, knowing what we know about the movement, about the, the kind of segregational thinking, about the history, and with all of these examples of, of, of racism, not, not accidental racism, systemic malicious racism and 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 people like charlie kirk embody the kind of white nationalist that is very much now at the center of the republican party and you know um mike johnson is another one you know with with a kind of hatred of of minorities and and of women especially and in fact you posted a clip which i'll play now of mike johnson claiming that the reason why you you would want to ban abortion is because it'll you know save your social security i mean the thinking it is so bigoted and yet 
they blame God and say this is this is the teachings of the Lord. Here he is. Roe v. Wade gave constitutional cover to the elective killing of unborn children in America. Period. You think about the implications of that on the economy. We're all struggling here to, to cover the bases of Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and all the rest. If we had all those able-bodied workers in the economy, we wouldn't be going upside down and toppling over like this. Listen, the gentleman I will not yield. I will not. Roe was a terrible corruption of America's constitutional jurisprudence. I mean, the phrase killing babies is A, completely inaccurate, but B, it's very emotional. Uh, who in their right mind would even accept or acknowledge that he is speaking the language of modernity? He is from the dark ages. On the one hand, you know, they try and argue that it's because of their religion, you know, that they're against abortion. But there's nothing in the Bible anywhere that they can find or point right. to that remotely discusses abortion. So right. that really doesn't hold water. So then they try and argue, you know, that it's a life, life begins at conception. And, you know, they try and make it this, this, the thing where they're, they're trying to protect innocent life. But then they say the quiet parts out loud. And these are the quiet parts, which is Republicans and especially rich Republicans who run corporations are very concerned about labor shortage, right? And so they want babies. They want, they're concerned that and this is true, that the young generation is having fewer children and having children later in life or not having children at all. And, you know, you hear from Elon Musk and you hear there from the Speaker of the House that they are concerned that that is going to present two problems for the United States. Number one, that there is not going to be enough labor to for their companies to employ. And number two, it, it hurts actuarial things like Social Security system which requires for it to be solvent, a steady flow of new workers coming into the system. Now, of course, one counter argument to that, of course, is immigration. You know, it's kind of does solve, tend to solve some yeah. of these problems. Well, there's, there's a dozen counter arguments to that. This is there the are, problem. There but the problem is it's not really about protecting innocent life. This is no. the point. We see that they give the game away. What it's really about is they want people to have more kids. They want women they want women out of the workforce, largely, at home, producing as many babies as possible. And, you know, talking about babies when he should be referring to fetuses or unviable fetuses or fetuses who have not reached the stage of viability yet. Because, of course, as we know, you know, much of the ban now surrounds the six weeks mark, which when most women wouldn't even know they were pregnant. You know, we're talking about a fetus the size of a pinhead that they are referring to as killing of innocent babies. And, you know, it's not for me to tell other people their politics, but it is just, it's like they, they, they pretend to care about these so-called children whilst in the womb. And yet once the child is born, nine months later, they don't want to support them at all. They don't, they don't want to pay for childcare. They don't want to educate them. They don't want to, you know, give them any of the other kinds of support and the mother's support that you would find in other countries. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a false promise. And, and the way that Mike Johnson, when he's like, I will not yield, he really gives away quite how fanatical these extremists are. And the good news is, though, that 
when people hear these things. See, people like Johnson think that most people agree with him on this kind of stuff. Yeah. But what the Republicans are finding out, they're getting this bucket of cold water dumped over their head on these elections because they're finding out that the country does not agree with them. Huge percentage of the country does not agree with them on this issue. But they've got all these old pieces of tape where they're out there saying these things like this, that Democrats are constantly resurfacing and putting in front of especially women voters, all voters, but especially women voters hear things like this, like Mike Johnson saying, Look, we need to force more women to have babies because we need workers. You know, I mean, women I mean, get infuriated by that. But there's also the the, the conversation about automation, which no one seems to be ha- having, and about yes. how workers are being replaced by by automation in not just in factories but everywhere. How, yep. how technology is is changing the way that we work. They want to be producing humans for the industrial revolution. That's right. The, the, they view it in like a 1950s yeah. economy. Yeah, it, it's it's nuts, and and that is the proof that they wouldn't know how to run a country if they were given the keys to power, as we saw with Trump. I mean, they didn't. They just like slashed everything, deregulated everything, and and went and went off and played golf with a bunch of white people. So let's add to the list. You know, who in their right mind would vote for Donald Trump, knowing that these are the people and this is the thinking? Anybody, you know, who is is black or brown voting for Donald Trump must be nuts. But also any woman that would vote for Donald Trump or anybody who has the ability to reproduce shouldn't vote for Donald Trump. I mean, the list is endless of, of the groups that would would be voting against their own interests. Because they're going to push for a, a federal abortion ban. Yeah, they're certainly going to push for a federal ban on the abortion pill. Yeah. And the other thing that they're pushing for right now, which they're trying to do incrementally, is these what they call crisis pregnancy centers. Right. This is Mike Johnson's big thing, yeah. which is basically to, to compel or force women to go to these places where the whole thing is going to be pushing you not to have an abortion. Well, it's a, fa- it's a fake clinic. It's yeah. a fake clinic a fake where clinic. women go to when they are in need and they, 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 they need the support to get through what is a very traumatic not just a procedure, but also just the the emotional aspect to this. And what they have is they have fake doctors who are really preachers and church people who are like, That's right. you don't want to have that. You don't want to go through with this. This is a baby. It's a, <laughs> it's going to be paying into social security. I mean, it is so offensive. Again, it's the handmaid's tale. This is something that Johnson is insisting on as part of his budget negotiations right now. Yeah. That money be allocated for these things. But you explained it very well. That's exactly what they are. And most people don't know. I just feel really sad about it all because, you know, America is better than this. You know, we, we, we put people on the moon. Japanese are struggling to do that right now, you know, <laughs> to send up a send up a robot to do it. I mean, we 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 have so much to offer. We have some of the greatest minds and thinkers and artists and all sorts of, you know, it's it's the greatest. And yet the people that seem to be representing American conservatives are some of the worst people on the planet, just the worst. And 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 Trump is unraveling. I think we have one more final clip of him kind of losing it. Um, let me see if I can find this because it was, oh yeah, this one. <laughs> 
Let's have a look. Never reports the crowds, you know. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they, did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything, deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it, because of lots of things. Like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people. I mean, this is the best America has to offer right now. A guy confusing Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi, but not just confusing her once, but confusing her multiple times and said her name six times there, uh, whilst sweating and looking confused. What, what's going on with Donald Trump? He, he's got all these January 6th talking points that he uses at his rallies, and he just combined about five of them in that 20-second in that <laughs> clip. Yeah. He's just rambling from from talking point to talking point, you know, that they deleted tapes. That's one talking point. What's what's another one? Uh, you know, Antifa and FBI caused it. All these different crazy talking points. And, you know, of course, Nancy Pelosi was in charge of security and she dropped the ball is another talking point. But yes, in, in trying to stitch together these five different talking points in, in the course of one sentence, he in his confused, addled head. You know, he mixes up Nan uh, Nikki Haley for Pelosi. And then the other wild part about that is Elise Stefanik, who, as you know, I've been predicting for over a year is going to be his running mate. And I'm convinced she is goes out and says, oh, no, no, he didn't. He didn't mix up uh, Haley with Pelosi. You know, he knew what he was saying. He was just she tried to explain it away, which was just made her look in incredibly stupid. But. What, what we're doing is, look, we, we at Midas, you know, we, we came into this campaign with a strategy. OK, we're we're not doing things like haphazardly. And we knew that the Republican attack machine was going to use Biden gaffes, you know, against him and his misstatements and mispronunciation of words as he's apt to do. He's he's apt, he's done this for years. This is just who Joe, Joe Biden is. And they relentlessly clip him. They did it in 2020. And they string these things together, take them out of context and use it. So we knew that that was going to be a big part of the campaign. So what we said is, well, we're going to do it back to Donald Trump. We are going to listen to everything he says and every mistake, every gaffe, every slip up, we're going to clip it and we're going to put it out. And and that's what we've done. And, and I think that the impact of this has been for voters to kind of just say they're both old. And, that, and that's that's really was our goal was just yeah. to make this a wash. But, you know, our goal was just to make this a tie. But I think now people are starting to think that Trump is more is, you know, older than than Biden almost. Well, they're, they're, but they're practically the same age, aren't they? This is the thing. Cognitively, people, I'm saying. Yeah. Cog yeah, cognitively, Donald Trump is 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 insane. I mean, he is clinically insane. He is he has been diagnosed not by his own doctors, but by dozens of others. And and whereas Joe Biden still, despite being 80, is, you know, absolutely knows who he is. He might not know where he is occasionally, but he absolutely knows who he is and, and what the what's important and is very much a public servant. And for me, that's the choice. You know, it's there's there's the dictatorship with Donald Trump. It's all about him. And with Joe Biden, you're not voting for Joe Biden for the next 30 years. You're, you're voting for democracy. You're voting, you're, voting, for, you're voting for his administration, too. Not the man. Which is a, which is a young, diverse group. That's right. And, and, and maybe they need to be out there a little more. Um, OK, we need to finish. Ron Filipkowski, thank you.
always a pleasure. And um, if you missed the beginning of this, when we finish, you can rewind and watch it over again. You can download the audio podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That'll drop tonight. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. In the meantime, check out MidasTouch.com for the very latest news. Thank you, Ron. See you next week.